welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is going to be a jam-packed episode, so forgive us if we go at a little bit faster of a pace than usual because it was Comic-Con, so we have a lot of news to cover, so there will be no main discussion. This is just going to be a news-heavy episode. We're going to recap every big piece of news that came out of Comic-Con this past weekend, as well as a trailer that kind of dropped earlier but it's still worth noting um but josh how you doing tonight it's uh it's been a day it's definitely been a day but always you know favorite part of the day is right here so yeah i'm both excited and anxious and nervous to do this because oh boy do we got a lot to talk about this week we do but and i think it's worth noting that you and i have not like we've not talked off off mic about any of this no not a single thing so that being said um let's get right into it right off the top the big news well one of the big news pieces avengers endgame has done it avengers endgame has conquered the beast that is avatar and it is now the number one box office movie of all time which is finally, I feel good because I feel like it deserves it. Oh, absolutely. And some people are just like, well, it took it like 12 weeks to get there. I had to get a re-release. First of all, it didn't have a re-release because it never left theaters in the first place. And to mm-hmm. me, it doesn't matter how long it takes because it shows that people were still going to see it. Mm-hmm. It took uh, Endgame less time than it took Avatar. So I don't get why people are complaining. I just think this is... I don't like Avatar, so I was rooting for this movie from the get-go to win. Oh, yeah. I I think, because I was having this discussion at work um, with some of the guys, Avatar in and of itself is not a terrible movie, but and even, and honestly, the CGI and everything still holds up rather well, and given what time it came out, it was quite an accomplishment to do the effects that they did. But it's nowhere near the caliber of movie that Endgame is. It is not a $2.7 billion movie. Correct. I'd make the case it's not even worthy of a billion. But... Eh. Well, then again, today's benchmark for a billion, a lot of movies can get a billion. Aladdin is on its way to a billion, honestly. Oh, easy. Which, admittedly, I liked Aladdin. Which, quick side tangent, um, I saw the new... Lion King this past weekend. Um, yeah, how was that? Um, this movie's getting destroyed by critics, and I didn't think it was nearly as bad as the critics were expecting. Maybe I was going in with such a low bar because of those uh, reviews. To me, it's it's kind of a mixed bag. Um, there's certain parts that are really, really great. There's certain parts that the critics are bashing because it's too similar to the original. Yes, there are some parts that are shot for shot from the original. Uh, with the exact same dialogue, and I love that. But the movie at times tries to, like, have its cake and eat it, too, of, like, we're shot for shot for the original, except we don't do some stuff. So, like, they copy some stuff, but then not other stuff, uh, without saying too much. My boy Rafiki gets a short end of the stick, big time, to the fact of he barely even uses the stick. Oh, jeez. Or, like, his big moment when he's talking to Simba, drastically gets reduced. Uh, Certain scenes are, like, drawn out, and they don't really need to be or need to exist in the movie. 
Uh, and I heard going into it that the making it super realistic kind of hurt the movie, and I kind of agree. Of Some characters, they'll have emotional moments, or they'll be angry or excited, but the faces, because they're so realistic, don't express that very well. Fair enough. Uh, and lastly, it's it kind of is the biggest negative for me with it, of this Lion King has a much better casted movie than the original, but the voice acting, for some reason, is not nearly as good. It's it's like you have a picture, and you bring down the saturation a little bit to be much more muted, and that's kind of what it was the same thing for the voice acting. It was just... Mm. Eh. Mm. Not Jason well, Omaro's Batman-level bad, but... Let's get out of here. Not, <laughs> not great, either. Like, even yeah. James Earl Jones' Mufasa kind of seemed tired. Well, I, I I wouldn't blame him, but I mean that's yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, he's like eighty, so he yeah, it's justified. Um, um, overall, not nearly as bad as people were making it out to be, um, but not nearly as good as it could have been. I think it it was pretty good, but not as good as it could have been. Fair enough. And you know, since we're on a quick side notes, um, I know you've been begging me to watch Haunting of Hill House. Yes, I um, have I've because fine, because yeah, it's because so good. My, and how is it? That was so incredible. I was, I think the emotion that I, I described to my girlfriend about was, you know how in a scary movie, you want to see the end of the movie because it, 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 maybe it, midway you they hit you with a cliffhanger and you're like, okay, cool. I wonder where we're going to go from there with this information, blah, blah, blah. It's like that every single episode and like, it's hard to drag yourself away because with every new revelation, you're like, okay, if that's true, then what else is, you know, it's, oh, and the, I think you and I talked briefly about the, the long takes that they use and the distinct lack of jump scares to the point, like, when they actually use them later on in like, you know, the last four episodes or something, they actually like really scare you. In particular, there's one jump scare in particular that as soon as you mention the show to anybody, they immediately go to this one jump scare in episode eight when people are in a car. Oh, dude. I've never screamed so much in my life or tried to hold in a scream because Heather was sleeping at the time. Oh, gosh. Dude, and so uh, just that specific scare... I think the thing I like the most about it, it, yeah, it is a jump scare, but it's not like, okay, pause for effect, scare. It's, we're having an emotional moment right here, and then, and then all of a sudden, bam, it scare. You. You're like, oh, God, yeah. It's incredible show. It's really hard to not call it a movie because it, it just the quality of, of everything that has to do with, with this show is just so high. Oh, yeah. Uh, but bring it back to Avengers Endgame. Um, I'm glad that it's finally beaten Avatar. It's still got some time left in the theater to just keep racking up a little bit. I, though, I do kind of think that this will more or less officially end it. Like, now that the record's been broken, I think people will be like, all right, we're good. Because mm-hmm. I feel like there was this contingent of fans, like myself, that kind of were just like, all right, we'll keep seeing it because we wanted to dethrone Avatar. Exactly. Um, moving on to the actual, um, news for the rest of the week, the Comic-Con stuff, we have a bunch of trailers. Some are good, um, some are absolutely horrifying, 
but we'll get yeah. there. One scared the ever-living daylights out of me, but it wasn't the trailer we're about to talk about. Um, the It Chapter 2 trailer Woo! gets me even more hype for this movie. I am so down for It Chapter 2 right now. Oh, dude. Oh, so much. They, I, uh, so the kid that um, James McAvoy's character is chasing in the in the mirror room thing, and I'm assuming he's a carnival. Yeah. Um, is that his kid? Do we know? No, I think that's a. Uh, no, I don't think it's his kid. I. You think it's just if a I remember kid? correctly, isn't he a bachelor? I think they're all bachelors, seen, except for yeah, maybe Beverly's in an abusive relationship. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I he don't just says kid. I don't think it's his kid. Yeah, so when I the first time I watched it without even thinking about it, I assumed it was his kid, and so that scene of it I assumed it was Georgie, kid, not a real kid. Yeah, I, either way, I just the thought of him of Pennywise going after someone again that was so close to him like hit me hard. I was like, oh no! And then I just in the back of my head, I heard you say that. You were always nervous about chapter two being that it does come off as the weakest, but this looks like it's going to be the stronger of the two. Yeah. Um, I, I love this trailer. My worries, like you talked about, um, I've said before on this podcast several times that the first half is the stronger half in my mind. I don't think that's the case anymore of, uh, there's certain scenes that I'm having them being teased in this trailer. I'm really looking forward to seeing how they do it in the movie. Um, like the, um, the dinner when they all get together mm-hmm. again. Bad things are going to go down to that dinner, and I'm super oh. excited to see what Andy Muschietti does with it. Um, but I was watching the trailer with Heather, and both of us were just blown away by how much they absolutely nailed the casting. Like when they do the transition shots mm-hmm. between the kids to their adult counterparts, blew us away. Oh, dude. And, oh, what, what's his, the, ha, I'm really bad with names. Um, the, and this is going to sound super racist, but, um, it, wh- who's the black one? Isn't that Mike? It, I think it's Mike, isn't it? Yeah. Mike, but the old spice him, guy? him saying him, like him saying, you guys got to leave. Like, but I was stuck here. Yeah. The old spice guy. Dude. Mm. And I like, well, the book, he does get more to do in the second half. He really didn't get a whole lot to do in the first half. To just kind of being relegated to a background character, but yeah. I'm I'm glad he's going to be in the forefront in this half of the story, and mm-hmm. I'm so excited to see what they bring to the table. It looks so good and so unsettling. That closing shot of Pennywise, almost like scraping away his face. I'm like, ah, yep. It it oh, shows man. a little bit more Bill Skarsgård and less Pennywise, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we get some teases that. They may be going the intergalactic route. Did you get that from the trailer? Like certain shots of like them in a group looks like they're inside of a spaceship. Yeah, a little bit. Which, which honestly, if go for if it, go go the weird route. Bring in the turtle. I mean, they might as well go home. Go, you know, go all the way. Go one hundred percent, or go don't try it at all. Yeah. Um. And I heard somebody talk about it. Of if this does well, do you see them making more? movies connected to it because pennywise is referenced in other king books can you see a pennywise like prequel or sequel series where it appears in some other world or do you think they should just leave it at two honestly i think depending on how they end it 
if they actually kill it at the end of this one, I would be very okay with just keeping it with these two. Yeah. Plus, um, Andy Muschietti, if he's attached to the Flash movie, he's going to be busy for a little bit. But then again, you know my thoughts. I don't think that movie's actually going to happen. I mean, it's going to happen. have to happen eventually. Yeah, just not with Andy Muschietti. Or I think it will be Andy Muschietti directing. It just won't be Ezra Miller in it. Um, but also, I keep forgetting how soon It Chapter 2 is. September's real close, man. Yeah, no, that that flash up on the screen, I was like, oh, 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 wow. It is 44 days away. Huh. The only reason to know that is because September 6th is also the first night of Halloween Horror Nights. And I checked huh. earlier today seeing how many days away it was because I'm super excited for that, too. Yeah. No, so, but I'm very happy with this trailer. I think the teaser we got a couple weeks ago was like a, just a taste, and that felt that feeling was confirmed uh, in with this trailer. It just it brought everything up a notch. Yeah, um, it's creepy. It's unsettling. It's exactly what we need. Speaking of creepy and unsettling, holy crap! The most terrifying trailer I've seen in years is Cats. Oh God, I was terrified. <laughs> have you have you never seen the musical? Yes, but the original doesn't use creepy CGI. I know. Oh, trust me, I'm aware. The the the, like the original musical Cats creeps is me creepy out. in and of itself too. But oh gosh, this was a mistake to do this. <laughs> so much of a mistake, and I I guess I I kind of like knew. That it's about cats, right? But I don't know what this is the, about, honestly. And I've googled the, the way, it of like, what is yeah. cats the musical about? And people are just like, eh, it's about things. It's about cats. <laughs> but like, I always assumed that it was like cats, like in a cat world. It, I don't know what it is besides just <laughs> terrifying. Oh yeah. Like, All kinds especially of that main character that's just like, and introducing whoever, whoever. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry for you that this is how you're being introduced to the world. Yeah. Like, they made a choice, a bold choice, and it was absolutely the wrong choice. All of us are just going, um, where are the people that did the special effects for Sonic? We'd like to apologize. Yeah, because uh, this is rough. And, I mean, you could still see the actor's Somewhat, you can still see which actors are playing who, but it's the stuff of nightmares. I think the the issue that I'm having the most is as much CGI as there is, you might as well have just done the whole movie in CGI. Yeah. Or just take, okay, so it's Tom Hooper directing, who did Les Mis, which I have mixed feelings about his version of Les Mis, I don't think it, the whole thing should have been sung, and also they should have t- recorded in a studio as opposed to live on set. I think that kind of hurt yeah. the overall audio performance. I think this is the case of um, just bring the stage play to life in terms of just do the costumes and makeup. You don't have to make it CGI. And if you're doing CGI, don't go overboard. You went overboard. You made a bad choice. Yeah. This is horrifying. If more people are scared by this trailer than the It trailer, you done messed up, Aaron. Like, I've yeah, never no, been more was, scared of weird. Jason Derulo in my life. 
I think the worst comments that I've seen on these on this trailer are all from <clears throat> furries. Oh no, I hadn't even gone down that. Um, yeah, don't you don't want to? You no, don't. You um, don't want the, to. See, since it's in my bubble, uh, I talked earlier about Halloween Horror Nights. As soon as this trailer dropped, people were like, "So are we getting a cat's Halloween Horror Nights house?" <laughs> and I'm going, "Nope, that'd be a house that I'm not going in. That's too scary." Yeah, no, I, I'm all kinds of done. Well, a trailer that has a lot more promise than Cats and a lot less terrifying, we think, although I'm sure some of the stuff that happened on set was pretty terrifying, was the Top Gun Maverick trailer, which, looking at my notes, I accidentally spelled it Tom Gun, which I'm much more in favor of Tom Gun Maverick. I laughed for a good five minutes at that. Which, that actually still works. Oh, yeah. What did you think of Tom Gunn Maverick? Huh. Um. <laughs> so, I won't lie to you. If I didn't know this was a Top Gun trailer, Mission I think Impossible? it was a Mission Impossible. Yeah, it feels like a Mission Impossible movie. It really does. Um, so, something that got pointed out to me, and I was just like rewatching it earlier today for just to f- refresh in my mind. The whole narration could either be about Maverick the character, or about Tom Cruise, the actor. Uh, you've been doing it for 30 years. You could be the top of your class by now, but you keep choosing to do uh, dumb choices. You've uh, done this, this, and this. Just like, you could be a uh, two-star general by now. Like, he could be a two-time Academy Award, but he keeps going with action movies instead. Like, this, this is getting too meta if you bring up that point. Um, but yeah. confes- 100% confession time. I have not seen the original Tom Gun or Top Gun. <laughs> really? Okay. I have not. So it's everybody kind of like props it up as a good as a fantastic classic. It's okay. Um but I I don't know what to expect honestly. Yeah. Um I'll be honest though as someone that has not seen the original Top Gun, one where was Danger Zone in this trailer? And yeah. two I actually want to see this. This this looks pretty good. It does kind of look like a little bit more of the Ethan Hunt uh, Tom Cruise. But that could just be because the only thing I've really seen Tom Cruise in lately is Mission Impossible and a bad mummy movie. Um, But that being said, it looks really cool. But my biggest takeaway was, and I told others when we were done watching the trailer, I was like, okay, Tom, we get it. You know how to pilot a fighter jet. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Because that was like one of the big holdups for the movie and why it got delayed for so long is like he was determined he had to be the one flying in the plane to make it look as realistic as possible. I'm like, that's cool. You're still nuts. Oh, yeah. Like, why? And apparently he like made his crew learn how to fly too so it was as authentic as possible. But why? Because crews... And was, why was this isn't called way? Top Gun Cruise Control is beyond me. Because <laughs> they don't have cruise control on planes. I don't care. <laughs> but um, I don't know if we get a good shot of him or not in this trailer, but Miles Teller's in this movie too, which I'm down for that. I like Miles Teller as an actor. Please let this man recover his career after Fan 4 Stick. Oh, dude, he has though. Especially since uh, with Whiplash. 
I think Whiplash was before Fan Four Stick. Was it? Oh. I think Whiplash was 2014. Oh, that makes me kind of sad because Whiplash was incredible. Whiplash was Blumhouse. Of course it was. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I, I'm i down for really whatever. I would probably go see this movie. Um, it feels very much like one of those movies like kids or teenagers would go see with their, see with their dads. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know. yeah. I'm interested enough. Tom Cruise, over the past few years, has kind of won me over in terms of if he stays in his wheelhouse, he's pretty good. As long as he's not anywhere near my Universal Monsters, we'll call it good. Yes. But speaking so, of monsters, oh, I'm on a roll bro. of transitions tonight. Uh, the Witcher, um, Henry Cavill's new series on Netflix, finally dropped its first trailer. Um, yes. What'd you think, Josh? So, I want everyone to hear this now and hear it clearly because I'm only going to say it once. Uh oh. I was wrong. <laughs> he looks really cool. <laughs> And I'm so on board. <laughs> when doesn't Henry Cavill look cool, though? To be well, honest, it was it was the the wig was what what I was going to be worried about. But never it looks... judge something by its first picture. I know, I know. We had remember this that first picture of Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. He looked cool because he was bald, and then we got and Batman then, yeah. v Superman. Yes, or but I don't know if you remember way back there was that first uh, official picture of Heath Ledger's Joker, and it looked terrible. Yes, it was well lit and it was it just was really misleading. But so this movie, I'm sorry, it it feels it's that's the thing right now is it feels so big scale. It feels like it should be a film, but it's a TV show and it makes me super excited. I've got a really like hardcore, um, like modern Lord of the Rings vibe from this. Yeah. And it made me so excited. With um, Game of Thrones ending, everyone's like, is this going to be the next Game of Thrones? Is this going to be the next Game of Thrones? I'm like, this doesn't feel like Game of Thrones. This feels like its own thing. When I like that. I'm very curious about this. Um, I, I'm more optimistic because I have nothing to go on. I know nothing about The Witcher. I don't know the books. I don't know the game series other than they're um, really well-received and they're supposedly really, really good games. Um, I will mm-hmm. see this for my undying love and loyalty to the man that is Henry Cavill because he's the best Superman we've ever gotten so far. And even if his days as Superman are done, unfortunately, I I respect him enough as an actor. He's a genuinely good dude that I'll keep supporting him and other stuff. And this just looks awesome. Um, mm-hmm. I will say, though, that this trailer is a bit light on action. It is. I noticed that. It was very, um, this is our world that we live in, but not even so much this is the world we live in. This is very much a, these are characters talking, but not to the point of like, I understand these characters' motivations or anything. It just kind of, maybe it's because I don't know The Witcher that well, but it was just kind of, it was interesting, but I think I could have done for a little bit more action, but then again, it was just a first trailer. It was, and I, there the thing that was interesting is they seem to be keeping showing any of the magic very close to the chest and any of the creatures. Yeah. They just tease it a little bit at the end when his eyes go black. Yeah. Which was super cool, by the way. Mm-hmm. It, it looks I, like a video game fight and I'm, I'm down for that. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, one trailer that I'm kind of on the fence about, not because I thought it looked bad, just because I don't, I can't tell the direction of the show from the trailer is the Watchmen trailer. So HBO is going to be launching their own Watchmen TV series. Um, it's going to be taking place after the events of the original Watchmen movie. Um, we talked about the teaser trailer months back when that first dropped. This full trailer, I think it gives us more of an idea of what to expect from the show. I'm still kind of in the dark of, I don't know what to expect, honestly. Yeah, same. Um, I like the idea that uh, somebody was attacking police like at their homes, and so they had to have the police start wearing masks, stuff like that. But um, that's about all I got from this. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Yeah, me neither. Um, I Yeah, like you said, I like the premise that in this world, cops are allowed to wear masks too, and what kind of ramifications does that have of mm-hmm. will the cops continue to do what's right, or will they give in to human nature type of thing? Um, I completely missed it on my first view of the trailer, but on a rewatch, um, I love the Dr. Manhattan tease at the end. Oh, yeah. I'm um, very little... curious to see, because it kind of like teases Dr. Manhattan a couple times, and I'm curious to see how he'll factor into the overall story. Well, because by the end of the of Watchmen, the movie, we just kind of assume that he he's, he's either like, Dead or like oh, becomes like a super hermit up on Mars. Yeah, and they they show like on a flash by of um like of passing by TV or something of he's still on Mars. Yeah, so it's um, weird. My question is, do they go with so the Watchmen movie changed the ending of the comic book significantly mm-hmm. um, with the whole like squid plant monster thingy. Do you think they could bring that in at all? Your first question should be that if I care or not, but, um, that is true. Watchmen is a great comic, but is very indicative of its time. I think. Uh, yeah, I it agree. is very eighties of very political. I mean, political comics are still prevalent prevalent to this day but in terms of the specific political issues in Watchmen it was more of an 80s thing it was and so with that that in mind then do you up do you just stay with the 80s stuff I think so because um there's a quick shot and of like protests in the street and there's like a big paper mache Nixon Mm. so I think it's still in that time frame Okay, that's fair, I guess. Because my next thing was going to be, well, like, then I think it would be very interesting to flash flash forward and see the ramifications of all this, like, 20 years out. Yeah, maybe maybe that'll be, a, like, a follow-up. Maybe, I, who knows? Maybe it's just because I don't know Watchmen, like, yeah, that I, well. Yeah, I have no idea where they're going with this. Don't get me wrong, I like Watchmen. Besides Man of Steel, I think Watchmen is the only other Zack Snyder movie I actually like. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll be curious about this show. I don't know if I'll check it out, but it looks interesting enough. Um, yeah. Another show that I'm curious about is the Picard trailer. So 
I don't know that much Star Trek, at least not that much of the Picard era. Yeah, I, I mean, the Star Trek that I was aware, I was introduced to and aware of was always Picard. So I'm a little bit more familiar with his than I am any other Star Trek. But that being said, I still don't know that much. But Picard was always super cool to me. Still is. Patrick yeah. Stewart, man. You can't go wrong with Patrick Stewart. No, and I like the I like the um the emphasis they're putting on between his relationship or friendship, whatever, with, with data. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll be very curious to see how data factors into the overall story. Cause I did some research cause I do that every once in a while going into this. Um, I have not seen Star Trek nemesis one because I haven't seen a lot of the old Star Trek movies and two I've heard nemesis is awful, but uh, I've heard that Data died in Nemesis, so I'm curious yes. to see how he's back in this. Um, well, and it's interesting because he opens that drawer and he, every piece of yeah, data there's like chunks of data there. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, I think the bigger surprise was having Seven of Nine show up. Yes, which uh, again, I don't know Star Trek that well, but I didn't think Seven of Nine was from the same era as Picard. Uh, yeah, I think I Seven of Nine was Star Trek Voyager. Yeah, I was, I'm, I don't know at all what's going on, so they're going to have to clear a lot, a lot of stuff up. Uh, but there's some allusions to the Borg, which could be a lot of fun, considering oh, yeah. the Picard-Borg episode is like the most famous Next Generation episode ever. Oh, yeah. Um, This one is more there's a lot of interesting stories behind the scenes with this series and just with Star Trek in general of people getting fired, of like who's allowed to do what. That's, I think, far more interesting than anything Star Trek's actually doing. Yeah. Um, if you haven't heard anything about Star Trek and the whole CBS, Viacom thing, look into that on your own time. It's really, it, it's an interesting Story to say the least. Um, I don't know if I'll be checking out Picard. It's another one of those CBS All Access shows, just like uh, yeah. Twilight Zone, which I tried to get into and it just couldn't hold a candle to the original. Um, Star Trek Discovery. I I'm just not a big enough fan of Star Trek to give it a shot, even if it is Patrick Stewart. But if I'm hearing great things about it, I may give it a chance. Yeah, I I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm sure I can, if I hear good things, well, I can't even say that because I hear a lot of good things about a lot of different shows and I just don't always have time for all of them. That is true. Um, now, for the last trailer that we'll talk about today, it is one that I guarantee you I will be seeing either opening day or opening weekend. And that is A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, the biopic about not even biopic, um, but a movie nonetheless about Mr. Rogers. So apparently this is based on a true story of a reporter that was trying to do an expose on Mr. Rogers. Just kind of like get some dirt on him and be like, this is the other side of Mr. Rogers. And the dude could not come up with a single thing and ended up becoming a really good friend of Mr. Rogers all the way up till he died. And this just seems like the most wholesome movie of 2019. Yeah. I think 
My one complaint, and I think this is yours as well, is it just it's Tom Hanks. It's, it, I, yep, that's my big complaint about this movie. I'm gonna I be think, the poor of this movie. I think I remember seeing his son in uh, Colin. Uh, in, yeah, in um, in something as 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 Mister Rogers, and I really liked that because it didn't seem like. A Tom Hanks just playing a character. I think the movie looks spectacular. It looks like one of the most genuine and heartfelt films that we may have all year. It looks great. But my issues with this movie are going to be the same as I had with Saving Mr. Banks. Tom Hanks is just Tom Hanks. Uh, He 100% nails the look. He looks spot on like Mr. Rogers. But as soon as he opens his mouth, Gone. It the illusion's gone for me because yeah, it, it's the same thing with the with him as Disney. He doesn't do the voice. Mister Rogers had a little bit higher of a voice. He's got the mannerisms, like vocal mannerisms of the pauses and the inflections. He's got that down pat. He, he's doing a lot better job with this than he did with Disney. I was not a fan of his Disney. He looked the part, but overall performance was not Disney. Yeah. Um, but Mister Rogers has a very distinct and almost calming, vo- very calming voice. Um, this is just Tom Hanks talking slow. Not Forrest Gump slow, but just it's Tom Hanks trying to be Mr. Rogers instead of just inhabiting a role. It's The voice isn't quite there for me, and I think he could have taken that extra little step there, but even when I look at him, I'm not seeing Mr. Rogers. I'm seeing Tom Hanks playing something yeah it and even if it's not anywhere like like his forrest gump is distinctly forrest gump but even his castaway feels more like it just feels like tom hanks in a in a shipwreck movie i think the other problem i'll run into too with this movie i'm sure it's a great movie but i will be comparing it the whole time um, to Won't You Be My Neighbor, the Mr. D- Rogers documentary that came out last year, which yes. was phenomenal and one of the best movies of last year. It was so good. And that was... I was unfortunate and didn't get to see it, so... <laughs> it's Story of my life. so good. It's also hard to get your hands on, so I don't blame you for that. Um, it is so good, but that's that's a documentary, so it's like actual Mr. Rogers stuff, so... It's, uh, I'm sure this movie will be good, but yeah, Tom Hanks doesn't quite nail it for me, but I'm sure the movie will be great. Yeah, I mean, that's always the thing. Like, Tom Hanks is always distinctly Tom Hanks, but he always puts on a good performance. Yeah, by and large. Um, now this next story, we're getting into our actual, like, news news here. We're done with trailers, I promise. Um... This next one, I'm a little bit worried about. I'm excited and nervous at the same time. So, Edward Furlong, who was the bratty John Connor from T2, the one of the best action movies ever, he will be reprising his role as John Connor in the upcoming Terminator Dark Fate. I think this is great. Um, however, there's a big butt in there. Yeah. 
Have you heard anything about this, Josh? No, I avoid Terminator like it's the plague. Oh, lucky you. So there's some very strong rumors. Actually, I'll put up a spoiler warning here now because I think some of these rumors out there have a lot of merit to them. Edward Furlong, I think it's great that he's coming back as John Connor. It's a good way to... They're already bringing back Linda Hamilton. That's great. Arnie will always come back for a Terminator movie. Unless it's Salvation for some reason, in which case they CGI him. Um, Edward Furlong is coming back as John Connor. Great! He was a great character in T2. The rumors right now are that he's going to be killed off in the opening scene of the movie. What? Yep, and that, that forever alters the timeline, but for some reason the Terminators are still coming back, so the future will still happen, even without John Connor. What? Mm-hmm. And that's quote-unquote Sarah Connor's dark fate is to keep defending the world from Terminators, even though her son is already dead and killed by a Terminator. That sounds super Mad Max. Uh-huh. To a timeline that is already... Super confusing. You're just gonna muddy the water even more? Yeah. Like, I was super excited to see, okay, cool, they're getting more of the original cast back. And then a few days later when I saw that rumor, I was like, uh-oh. You, you had hope, and then you curb-stomped that hope. Yeah. Um, The trailers so far have been trash for Terminator Dark Fate, I think. I think the CGI looks terrible. I want to have faith in this movie. I like Tim Miller. I like his Deadpool. I think I like Deadpool 2 more. But um, I think the guy can tell a good story. But Terminator's been a toxic franchise since T2, which was 91. Yeah, there's... I've never been a fan of Terminator, so I... I Although, I... And I know I'm in the minority about this. I will defend Terminator Salvation. I don't think it's that bad. Uh, the one with Christian Bale with his more... His rant is more infamous than the movie itself nowadays. Oh, you're right. Actually, yeah, yeah. That one wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. It gave us that interesting rant, to say the least, which is always yeah. entertaining to watch because we weren't a part of it. Yeah. But... Uh, after this movie, can we just put Terminator on ice for a while, please? Uh, no, because they can break out of ice. Duh. Speaking <laughs> right, of characters so anyway. that can probably break out of ice, Michael Myers <laughs> ain't going away anytime soon. So, we talked, uh, was it a week or two ago, that there was rumors that Halloween was going to be shooting its next two movies back-to-back, and that they were going to be coming out within the same month. And I said, that's BS. But I do believe that they're filming back-to-back. Well, guess who's right? Because we're getting a Halloween movie on October 16th, 2020, and a Halloween movie on October 15th, 2021. So yes, it does seem like they're filming them back-to-back, and then they're just releasing one year after the other. Um, can we just acknowledge, though, that these movies, one is going to be called Halloween Kill, and the other one is Halloween End. Can we just acknowledge that these are the worst names ever? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but at least they're like they're not as bad as like H2O. Hey. To be fair to H2O, that's not actually the movie's title. That's just something the fans call it. 
Except that that's what it's called. It's actually tied to Halloween 20 years later. Okay, okay cool. But when that's you look at... the official at, title that all the fans have called H2O. No, when you... Like, I remember I had, like, a, a four-set disc or whatever where it had, like, the first four, and it, the label says Yeah, that's H2O. what is on the DVD cover, I know. Four. But it, it's act, technically called 20 years later. I, that's fine, and I get that, but I will fight you right now. <laughs> but but I, regardless, uh, H2O's that's still bad. a terrible name. Halloween Kill and Halloween End are far worse names. That when I first saw the announcement of the these movies, I was just like, "So these are statements about the movie, but not the titles, right?" Please. <laughs> no. And so, bad titles aside. I'm always excited for more Michael Myers, but I'm more excited about the fact that everyone involved with 2018 Halloween is coming back. Everyone. David Gordon Green is returning to direct both of these. Danny McBride is returning to write them, which I'm, I'm actually super excited about that. Jamie Lee Curtis is coming back. But the biggest get that I think for these movies, John Carpenter himself is coming back. I wouldn't be surprised if he has some creative input like he did with this um, 2018 one, but not like I'm supervising the script, maybe just kind of giving some suggestions here and there. I'm more excited because I bet you anything he's doing to score for the next two movies. And anytime you say John Carpenter is doing the music for a Halloween movie, immediately there. Yeah, oh, dude. Because the 2018 Halloween soundtrack is the best one since the original. <laughs> Yes, I'll still I jam out that. to The Shape Hunts Allison. Oh, yeah. I, I completely agree. Now, we've talked about it before, but kind of give a refresher. Now that we've got these two, and it seems like they're filming back-to-back, I feel probably pretty confident saying Halloween Kill will end on a cliffhanger. Where do you see these two movies going? Um, I think I'm going to stick with... You what you said in the this maybe something needs to be put on ice for a while, and say that Michael di- di- like dies dies in the third one. Um, in the third one, yes, um, yeah. So I I think we're gonna build to that. I think um, Jamie Lee Curtis's character gets the death she de- so rightly deserves in, in the which second one? one. In the second. I completely agree. Um, I think she dies in Halloween Kill. And that's your cliffhanger. Yeah, and that's e- that's either your cliffhanger or that's the thing that drives uh, her granddaughter. I think. Yeah, to, Allison. To like go like go after Michael instead of waiting for him to come to come to them. So actually, um, um, something I've heard. Some this is not even a rumor. This is just something someone pitched, and I kind of like that idea. Was um, Halloween Kill will be um, Lori thinking that Michael is still alive and hunting him, going after him. So in 2018, Michael came to her house. Maybe she hears word that he's, like, alive somewhere but still just barely alive. She goes on the hunt for him. She goes on the offensive for the whole movie this time. Yeah. Leading to her death, and then Allison goes for revenge in Halloween end. Either that or, like, a Strode member dies, like, maybe... Uh, Lori's daughter or something and then grandmother and granddaughter go on the hunt and Halloween end type of thing yeah I mean and I I I desperately need Jamie Lee Curtis to have 
I'm trying to think of what kind of death you could give her that would be perfect. Um, I don't, I almost don't want her to die at, at Michael's hands. I, I think almost... you could do um, a repeat of what happened to Dr. Loomis in Halloween 2 of blows herself and Michael up. And then and Michael still survives. Yeah, if they wanted to. Maybe, I don't know. I, I think it'd be cool if, if for Jamie Lee Curtis's character, if she dies in the second one, um, I almost don't want that to happen because to me that if Michael still survives, I feel like that would make her sacrifice feel a little in vain. Unless, unless you did that, and then my like we'd see Michael in the third one, and he's like actually hurt, like legitimately hurt. I don't know, because even if, if he's legitimately hurt, like getting stabbed in the eye, he's still because he's not a man. He's he can not feel pain. Yeah, I guess I, I don't know. We'll see. So my bra- my creative juices are flowing. And this is diving headfirst into the never going to happen pool, but I'm going with <laughs> it anyway. Um, I mean, we got Fishbowl Mysterio. Anything's possible these days. This is true. The end of Halloween end. Michael's dead. Um, Allison, more or less, is the new Loomis. She goes into psychiatric care. Um, she gets a call about a job up in New Jersey. As a camp counselor. Oh, no. She goes to the world of Friday the 13th. Okay. I just want Friday the 13th and Halloween to cross over at least once in our life. Nah. We don't want, we don't want to embarrass Jason any more, any more than we have to. It's true. But somehow Jason was able to play with Freddy Krueger, who's much less interesting than Michael. I don't care who I offend with that statement. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, well, we'll move on from one straight-up horror to one horror comedy that I'm not going to lie, I'm worried about. But I can't say I'm surprised. So we got our first poster for Zombieland 2 at um, Comic-Con this year. The movie comes out October 18th. We got just a poster. I'm so nervous right now. Yeah. Because you had Comic-Con. You, this was, everyone's dropping trailers left and right. And Zombieland 2 shows up to play with a lousy poster. Like, it's not even that great of a poster. But not a no. single official image. Not a single official trailer. I'm so worried. And I predicted at the beginning of the year that Zombieland 2 was going to be one of the biggest flops of the year. And I was hope, hoping I was wrong. Uh, my suspicions are creeping back up again, man. This is I'm I'm real nervous that the fact that they didn't bring a trailer to Comic Con. I, yeah, me too. I the the positive person in me is trying to say, well, they just they didn't want to get lost in all of the other news and the other trailers, so they're waiting for the right moment. But at the same time, it's like well, almost but in it's August ha- though. Yeah, exactly. It's the same time we're like almost in August. It's like when when are you planning on dropping this trailer, dude? Because I mean, it could it comes out in September and it's already dropped two. Yeah, 
and and it doesn't even need to have the trailers because people it too no the first it was more recent and people are more it did really really well first zombie land did not do well in theaters and also it was 10 years ago a lot of people don't even know zombie land 2 is happening to the point of when they see those fake movie posters they're just like Oh, cool, we're finally getting Zombieland 2. And I always have to correct them, like, we are, but that's not a real poster. And people yeah. genuinely don't know Zombieland 2 is coming in less than three months, and you don't have a trailer. I'm so worried about this. Yeah, I... Because even that first poster that they did the side-by-side thing... Oh, it was so bad. Was not, it mean, it did not make me feel comfortable at all about this. No, it looked like awful. Scene. Like, I thought it was a fan-made poster. It was so bad. Yeah, it's... Um, I'm trying to stay as positive as I can with this. And you know, I'm, I try to be positive, but... <sighs> reality sucks for this. It's not looking yeah, good. Yeah, it really does. You watch as it soon really as does. this episode goes live, the Zombieland trailer will drop. My Here, concern yeah, is that the trailer will drop in September. Oh, jeez. And it'll be like, Zombieland 2, now streaming on Netflix. Oh, bro, don't even. But that's totally possible. <laughs> I don't know, Netflix can't really afford too much these days now that they're in legal trouble. Yeah, true. Um, but switching gears to some things that I am excited about, we're going to talk about the world of comic book movies, just not movie movies, small screen stuff, but good stuff. DC, while they may not have had the biggest presence, which I still think was a bad choice, um, they decided to bring it when it comes to animation and their TV stuff. So they've kind of announced a little bit of their slate for next year for their animated stuff. Um, so far... Really looking forward to it. We've got Superman Red Sun coming, which is something I think we said was rumored a few weeks ago, but now we can officially say Superman Red Sun is coming. Uh, A sequel to Justice League Dark, Justice League uh, Dark Apocalypse War, which, ooh, that title gets me excited. And a Superman Man of Tomorrow animated movie. Um, I'm all about all of these movies, but I'm especially excited that we're getting more animated Superman stuff because... With a lot of the DC animated stuff over the last 10 years or so, just like how DC Comics operates, everything seems to revolve around Batman, which is great if you're a Batman fan like me, but if you want other stuff, it kind of does get annoying when it's just like, alrighty, we've got Batman, 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 Justice League team-up, Batman, Batman, Justice League dark, Batman, Batman, like, I can't remember. We had Reign of the Superman, which was kind of yeah. a team-up movie. Which Reign of the yeah. Superman was actually really good. I like that one. Yes, it was. Um, but considering how big of a name Superman is, and the lack of his representation in live action form lately, I would like more animated stuff. So this is really reassuring. The fact that it's Red Sun also makes me really excited. Agreed. I well, and I think that's the other thing is they do have like four or five Superman movies out, but they, they seem to have gotten a lot less um, coverage or, you know, like uh, press, well, I guess. All the Superman like, stuff that I can think of off the top of my head is like the earlier days of the home release. 
Um, like Superman Doomsday was the first PG thirteen animated DC mm-hmm. movie, but that was also two thousand seven. Um, uh, Superman All Stars. Yeah, All Star Superman. Um, Superman versus the Elite. Superman Unbound. Yeah. Superman Unchained. No, Superman Unbound is Superman Unchained, basically. Um, yes. Yeah, I have all uh, those, and I mean, most of them are good. good. And actually, I've been reading a lot of Superman lately in uh, the DC Universe app because. I'm missing Superman. I need good Superman. And the comics just make me appreciate him even more. I would much rather, oh, yeah. maybe because I just finished that story arc, I would much rather would have gone with Superman, uh, Jeff Johns's run with Secret Origin. I love how he did that. I'm just hoping with these Supermans, we get a different art style than what we've been getting with the DC animated stuff. I yeah. hate the current DC animation. It's... It's so same. That's why I th- one of the reasons why I'm so frustrated with Batman Hush is Hush has some of my favorite art style of all time. I had that frame picture of Batman and Nightwing running together in uh, Batman 615. It's one of my favorite covers ever. And Jim Lee's art is fantastic. And they're still sticking with the same style. And I can kind of get used to yeah. it for Batman. But I hate it for Superman. The new 52 look yeah. for Superman is just atrocious with the high neck, the red- ridiculous proportions he just looks weird so i kind of hope with these superman movies uh more so for man of tomorrow which is a traditional superman as opposed to red sun being uh elseworlds with russian superman i kind of hope we get back to distinct art styles of certain people like gotham by gaslight was great because it looked so visually different than everything else Um, oh yeah hope we get back to more of a traditional superman design it would it would be interesting, and I think I I would like to have more stories from other characters too. Like you were saying, yeah, dude. Like it's always like a Batman team up movie if it's not a Batman solo movie. So I would love like everybody else has good stories too, man. Like let's let's, let's uh, you've got a whole roster to pick from. Let's let's expand it a little bit. Yeah, if you're not going to give us a Superman live action movie anytime soon, give us animated stuff, or even give us a Green Lantern. Um, uh, Darkest Night. A uh, Blackest like Night. Why do you always get that Blackest, mixed up? I don't know, but Blackest but yeah, Night. Blackest Night. Be, if you do I'll, like they did with Dark Knight Returns, of make it like, um, uh, two parter and make it a super long episode. No, I'd be yes. down for that. And maybe that's how you kill off this current continuity and bring in Rebirth. Maybe because these animated movies desperately need to get into Rebirth timeline. Absolutely, or animation style. At least. Speaking of timeline stuff, uh, this Young Justice being is being renewed to a fourth season might change the game. Yeah, I'm. Which, just quick side tangent: Young Justice has some of my favorite character designs just ever. Everyone seems oh, to be completely nailed in their look and voice. It's just great. But yeah, Young oh, Justice has been lines. renewed for a fourth season, and I just rejoice in the streets. It's not going away like it did again. Yay, at least for now. But uh, a part of that, I think, is because of all the people that have watched it on DC Universe. I mean, I know people that it's got... It's not that the... many. What? DC Universe isn't doing that great, dude. I know, I know, but like, I know people that got it just for like a month so that they could watch the show. Oh, yeah. Whether DC Universe wants to admit it or not, the reason why it had any of the viewership was not Titans, as great as it Titans is. It's not Doom Patrol. People got it because you told us that Young Justice was, the only place you could see Young Justice was on DC Universe. 
Yeah. And it's it's And then they've over delivered on every other content, but um, I'm I mean, just yeah, going to be curious like, to see Titans where they go for a fourth season. Because you can kind of I, see the I writing on the wall to... for the rest of season three. Yes. I uh, I need to finish and catch up because the rest of the season three is is, is done, right? It's no, on, right? not even close. Oh, they, they, they haven't They're releasing the it one half? episode a week instead of three episodes a week. Um, so right now, they're, I just watched episode 18 earlier tonight. Okay. So yeah, you're probably not that far behind. Okay. Well, that's fair. I mean, that's good at least. But yeah, I, I'll be very curious to see where they go for season four. I'm, I just want more Young Justice, please. It's so good. If nothing else, my thing with season three is the roster's getting a little bit too big. Of there's so yes. many different like sub squads. I would be totally fine with the spinoff show, actually. I can see that. Maybe do something like what uh, Justice League did with Unlimited. Yeah. Which that's more or less kind of what Outsiders is, is because the roster is so big for this current season. True. Um, so taking it now to the world of TV, we're going to lump two of our stories together. Um, we've had our gripes before about the CW Arrowverse. Um, that being said, their next crossover special, I feel like I need to see. So they teased it at the end of last year's crossover. Uh, that they'll be doing Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is like one of the biggest stories in DC Comics history. And they're pulling out all the stops as Brandon Routh, who's currently on Legends of Tomorrow as uh, the Atom, but was also in 2006's Superman Returns. He will be returning to Don the Tights as Superman in this crossover. Oh, I'm, I'm just happy to see this because while Superman Returns is not that great, I really like Brandon Routh as Superman, and I think easily he's the most underrated Superman because so many people forgot about Superman Returns or don't think about it nowadays. But he was a really good incarnation for what they were going for in Superman Returns. Oh yeah, and it's it's I mean it's not a good it's not a great movie, but it's it's, it's not watchable, bad. It's just boring. Yeah, it's it's watchable at least. Yeah, um, but. As exciting as that news is to me, the other bit that's tied to that is that not only will he be returning as Superman, he'll be a version of the Kingdom Come Superman, which I love Kingdom Come as a story arc. Oh, it's so good. I'm actually not quite very familiar with that. So Kingdom Come, you know Alex Ross, the artist who does like the hyper-realistic paintings and whatnot? Yeah. Yeah, it's he does the artwork for all of it, and it's one of the most gorgeous comics I've ever read. But it's basically set in the future when all the main Justice Leaguers have like retired, and there's this new wave of heroes that are more brutal and violent than ever before. And so some of the old guard has to come out of retirement to teach the youngins how things were done back in the day. So yeah. this Superman is like an old, kind of grumpy... Not full Clint Eastwood and Gran Torino, but this Superman has seen some stuff and he's had it of these newbies. So like, this is not how you handle criminals. So it's an old man Logan without Game World. Not really old man Logan because it's not the end of the road for people. Fair enough. Think more along the lines of after he fakes his death at the end of Dark Knight Returns, Batman. Of like, okay. we're rebuilding the world in this way now. 
Okay, fair enough. It was on our bad that we left the world for so long that it, we let it get this bad. So we're going to take things back. Fair enough. And so, also, um, I feel like this is not getting the headlines that it should be, which is really unfortunate. But not only is Brendan Routh coming back for this Crisis on Infinite Earths, 1960s Robin, Burt Ward himself, will also be in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Now, we don't know what role he'll be playing, but I'm so glad to see Burt Ward back. This will be great. Wait, like like the, the Robin from... Uh, from the 60s TV uh, show. What? That's crazy. Okay. He's going to be in Crisis on Infinite means- Earths. I highly doubt he'll be Robin, but the fact that you are getting Burt Ward, that's pretty cool. That is, uh, yeah, I don't, now I almost want to fan cast him. Old Bruce Wayne. (laughs) Or even an old Nightwing. Yeah, that'd be great too. Um, Maybe like he's, he's from like, because I don't think we'll ever see it in a TV, like a live action TV version, but maybe he'll be like the Batman of Batman Beyond, like an older Batman. I'm just happy to see Burt Ward back. That's that's super cool. That's a nice little touch. Because he he still keeps somewhat active with the Batman community. He's voiced uh, Robin in two of the animated things recently with uh, the Two-Face one and then Return of the Joker, which both have like the 60s animation style. And they got Adam West and Burt Ward uh, to reprise their voice work from the original show. So it'll be cool to see him in a live action format again. I agree. Um, and then last but not least, at least for this, before we go into the the big newsworthy thing that is the MCU, this didn't come out of Comic-Con, but also I feel like it's getting overshadowed by Comic-Con, but I think it's still really cool nonetheless, is Eddie Murphy, one of the most famous comedians of all time, who's kind of been out in the limelight for a little bit. He has apparently reached a deal with Netflix for a stand-up comeback special that'll air on Netflix for, like, $70 million. So he's getting a nice payday. But Eddie Murphy's actually going to do a stand-up special again. Good for you, Eddie Murphy. Um, Good for you. Yeah, Eddie Murphy's coming back for a stand-up special. His first in... I don't know how long. I Yeah, it... It should be interesting, to say the least. Yes. I think it'll be very interesting because a lot of Eddie Murphy's comedy probably would not fly today. No, I don't think so. So we'll, we'll see what happens, if he can adjust or not. I think he can. Um, but also, I think Netflix is the perfect spot for it because, for some reason, Netflix pours a lot of money into their comedy specials. Maybe because they're really easy and cheap to make. Yeah, I can see that. But also, like, Netflix is one of the only places these days to go and watch a comedy special. Besides maybe YouTube, but you're not guaranteed the quality that you will for Netflix. But Netflix has some really good comedy specials. Like, any of John Mulaney's things, I could just watch all day. I love me some John Mulaney. Um, Absolutely. But also, Eddie Murphy in his prime was, like, the king of comedy. So it'd be very interesting to see in this almost oversaturated market of comedians if Eddie Murphy can reclaim his throne almost. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think he's. I think maybe he just had the itch because he's he's kind of laid low. I think the last I heard from him was um, Mr. Church that like dramatic role that he did. Apparently, he well, was really good he, in that. Is he involved at all with the new uh, Coming to America? 
I think so. I'm not sure. Okay. All right. Well, that'll do it for the main stuff, but we saved the biggest and best for last, the MCU Phase 4 panel. Before we go into that, Josh, you got a sponsor for us? Um, not really. Uh, normally, I just have, like, the sponsors, whatever food I'm eating, but I haven't eaten yet tonight, so. All right, we'll just jump right into it then. Phase four. <laughs> Holy crap, did they just drop a whole bunch of stuff for this. Um, yeah. Also, the biggest question for me was the ordering. So we're just going to go through this um, in order of things that were announced. And it was a weird order. Like, first up, The Eternals was announced coming November 6th, 2020, starring Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden, uh, Selma Hayek, uh, Kumail Nanjiani uh, from Stuber, uh, Men in Black, and some other stuff. Um, I don't know that much about The Eternals, to be honest. Why they opened the panel with this, I'm not sure. Um interesting decision. This is one that's been heavily rumored for a while, so it wasn't super surprising. But, nice to it get some official confirmation. The the thing that was weird to me was like, they kept, like, reminding everyone that the, all these, you know, these people have been on Earth for 35,000 years, blah, blah, blah. What happened 35,000 years to cause all these people to be here? Also, um, didn't we talk about, like, last week that M- Millie Brown was That was just rumored a rumor, though. Yeah, okay. It was interesting. Which Millie Brown herself shot down those rumors, so maybe there was no actual validity to those rumors. uh, Perhaps. That was the thing that threw me at first, though, because I was expecting Millie to come by, come out at any any point. But Angelina Jolie, man. Although, speaking of Millie Bobby Brown, we will get into a Stranger Things cast member later in the news. Also true. But, yeah, Angelina Jolie, man. She's very selective of her projects, so... She is. Uh, Yeah, I think it's also interesting. um, They made a point to say that one of the actors in the movie... um, Forgive me, I don't remember the actress's name. But it's the MCU's first deaf character and will also be played by a deaf actress. Which is super rad. Which I'm... It's going to sound horrible. My first thought is, did you get the chick from A Quiet Place? Because if you didn't, you should have. Because she's incredible. Yeah, the girl from A Quiet Place was amazing. But yeah, I thought it was super cool. Uh, Again, I don't know the Eternals, so I don't know if they have a deaf character. But it doesn't matter. You now have a deaf character, which is awesome. Um, And having played by a deaf actress, that's even cooler. Um, Don't know that much about the Eternals, but I have faith in it. And looking at the cast, I'm like, okay, clearly the cast themselves see something in this movie. So Yeah, because... It's a it's a pretty solid cast. Oh, absolutely. I will say though that the Eternals is n- not really high on my excitement list in contrast to other things that were announced. Case in I point, agree. the next announcement that they made, Falcon and Winter Soldier coming fall of next year in 2020. Oh, also, uh, I don't think we said it at the top of the, the MCU, all of Phase Four will be stuff in 2020 and 2021. So. It's just a short phase with a lot of stuff in it. Uh, And then phase five, I think phase five will be announced at D23, but we can talk about phase five uh, at the end of the show. So Falcon Winter Soldier coming fall 2020. And Josh, I know this will make you happy. 
I got my wish. <laughs> Baron Zemo will be reprising his role as a villain, which we knew, but in a teaser shown it in the panel itself, and then some official pictures have come out since, Baron Zemo will be sporting his iconic purple mask from the comics. Oh, now, if they can give him a, like a sword or a rapier, I think I'll be just super happy. I'm sure they will. I've seen they've released a kind of an official look. Well, at least Daniel Brule has, who's playing Zemo. Of uh, He's got like a jacket very similar to Bane's in Dark Knight Rises with a purple mask. And I'm Which, cool. absolutely. I'm like, all for yes. it. Uh, and then Anthony Mackie, who's playing Falcon, has already said he's uh, had his fitting for his new Captain America suit. So I'm going, oh, he's get, he's going to suit up as the new Cap. And I'm, I'm all about that. I love the Falcon Captain America suit. I, Falcon is one of my favorite MCU characters. This show cannot get here soon enough. I'm so excited for Falcon Winter Soldier. This is... Going into this panel, it was the thing I was most excited about. I will say, though, it's probably number two, but we'll get to the thing I'm most excited for in a little bit here. Um, what? Any other thoughts you have about Falcon Winter Soldier right now or about Zemo? So, I watched. I, got, I happened to get a, get a, see a clip of that particular panel. Um, and Mackie and... Uh, Sylvester kind of have this. Is it Sebastian no Sebastian? Stan? My bad. Yeah, my bad. Sebastian um, had an interesting interaction that I don't know if it was purposeful or not. Where Mackie like offers Sebastian the shield, and he's like, "Yeah, sure." And then so Sebastian wears it for like for a couple seconds, and Mackie's like, "Okay, I want it back now." <laughs> well, those two already have such phenomenal chemistry. He's just watching them in like interviews and behind the scenes stuff. They get along great. That's why I'm great. Uh, that's why I'm so excited for the series too. Cause they play off each other so well already and have a natural yeah. chemistry. Yep. So I'm excited. I mean, I, I agree. I don't think this show can get here fast enough. So transitioning to one that we have a movie coming February, 2021. It was a movie that on a scale of one to 10, in terms of excitement, I was about a three. After the announcement of the movie and some details came out, I'd say my excitement went to about an eight or a nine. And I'm talking about Shang-Chi. So we talked about it a couple weeks ago. It sounded interesting. Uh, Marvel's first martial arts movie of like, Shang-Chi's like the best martial artist in the world. It's like, okay, that could be cool, but I don't see how that's that interesting. Then at this MCU panel, they go, yeah, we got Shang-Chi. And the legend of the Ten Rings, and my mind immediately goes, wait, Ten Rings? Like, ten rings. Iron Man 3 ten, ten Rings? And sure yes. enough, they go, yep, except we're doing it right this time. So it's not only is it the Ten Rings, it's the real Mandarin. Yes. Also, Oof. I went back and listened to it, and I think it was our best comic book, casting, comic book movie casting choices. I said... If Mandarin ever reappears, put money on it that it might be Shang-Chi. Yeah. And I said that jokingly because I didn't I didn't know where else Mandarin would fit. And sure enough, awesome. Um well, yeah, I went from not a lot of excitement to I need to see this now. Yes. 
And what's interesting to me is I think one of the comments that they said was the rings, there's been hints of the rings throughout the, uh, season one and two. I'm uh, sorry, ser- uh, phase one and two. Yeah, it's basically seasons. Seasons, yes, whatever. But they, there's been hints of the rings throughout the s- series so far. Yeah, and even the like fact in, that it's including the real Mandarin. Yes, and, I mean, and, but the, the, I'm just super curious how they're going to tie it in all all throughout the entire series now. And it is not um, Ludi Lin as Shang Chi. It is an actor known as Simu Lu. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. So that frees up Ludi Lin to be Nightwing if he so desires. Um, <laughs> but. I think it's funny, Simu Liu actually um, tweeted something, I think he was like 2018 or 2016, something really far back. Dude, he's just like, so uh, I think it's BS that we haven't heard anything about the Shang-Chi movie, isn't it? And then he like retweeted himself from that old tweet a while back, he's like, oops. (laughs) Or like, I would make a great Shang-Chi or something like that, and it ended up being the case. I'm I'm very curious how they're gonna do this. I'm really excited about it now. Well, and it seems to be they're so emphasizing true. martial arts heavily, which is always a good choice. Well, and I'll be curious if there's any Iron Man references throughout this too. Uh, probably, but after watching Spider Man, I kind of want to keep Iron Man references to a minimum because I feel like at the end of the day, everything somehow ties to Iron Man, even post-mortem, and it kind of gets annoying after a while. But the Mandarin is one that it it does make sense, I guess, because Mandarin is such a big Iron Man villain. Well, it's not just that, but like one of the biggest uh, misrepresentations of the Mandarin happened at the hands of Iron Man. So if anything... yeah, exactly. So, if anything, it would be like a passing, like this. You know, this isn't some little man in a, in a studio. This is this is the real deal. Which I I guarantee you, this is a retcon by Kevin Feige. He's like, all right, fans didn't really respond to what we did in Iron Man three, but a testament to their storytelling. It doesn't feel like a retcon. Yes, it feels natural to the story, even though it blatantly is a retcon. Yeah. Um, so one series that we also have coming up is WandaVision, coming spring 2021, which will be set after Endgame, which is interesting because Vision's, Vision's not really not a alive. factor in Endgame. He's um, not alive. <laughs> which I'm sure they could rebuild him just without the Soul Stone. This is another one, like Shang-Chi, that I wasn't super interested in. And then they said a detail that made me very curious. Most of the panel was just like, all right, this is pretty boring, pretty straightforward. But then they said, WandaVision will be a lead-in for Doctor Strange 2. Mm-hmm. So we'll just dovetail that into the Doctor Strange. Uh, Doctor Strange, shocker, is getting a sequel, which Doctor Strange 2 doesn't sound that great. So instead, they're calling it Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, coming May 7th, 2021. That is a great name. It is. It's a good title. The thing that I'm... <laughs> and I love in the notes that you've put quotes around it. 
Uh, apparently it's going to be the MCU's first quote-unquote scary movie. Yes, the quote that they're throwing around is gothic horror. So not actually that scary, just intense. You do forget, though, that the director of uh, In the Multiverse of Madness will be the same director of Doctor Strange, who is Scott Derrickson, who did Sinister. Ooh, okay. Which well, is maybe full disclosure, both. people at home. Sinister, I love horror movies. Sinister is the only movie that's ever kept me up. Yeah, Sinister okay. terrified me. <laughs> well, and I guess that's that's a team up that I didn't even think that would actually be really good with the Scarlet Witch and and Doctor Strange. Yeah, but just thinking about it, it makes a lot of logical sense. You have the character that will ultimately be the Sorcerer Supreme and Doctor Strange teaming up with the other big magic user in Scarlet Witch. But also, it was pointed out to me um, a few days ago, no one's actually called her Scarlet Witch yet. Yeah. Well, and they've never she hasn't exactly really been Scarlet Witch power. yet. Maybe that was a whole Fox legal thing. But now that they own yeah. Fox, maybe they'll go more Scarlet Witch route with her character. Maybe. And, like, that's always been the thing, too, is they've never quite explained her powers. So maybe that's that, that is what the, this route that they're about to go. Which they say the magic word for me. <laughs> magic word. Um, multiverse. Which, yeah. They, spoiler alert, they kind of did a cop out in Far From Home and there's no actual multiverse. This one, I believe, if you have Doctor Strange, there's totally going to be a multiverse. Um, oh, yeah. Which this, um, like I said earlier, Falcon Winter Soldier was the one I was most excited for until they said in the multiverse of madness, which immediately jumps to my number one because, one, the potential that this could actually be somewhat of a scary MCU movie very much intrigues me. But it being the multiverse, this is, I think, of all the things that was announced uh, for Phase 4, I think in the Multiverse of Madness is the best avenue that we have, at least announced at the time, for Fantastic Four and X-Men to jump in, especially with yep. Scarlet Witch factoring heavily. You've said it oh, before, yeah. and you may be on to something, House of M. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all. So, for those of you who may be a newer listener or don't know what it is, Josh, give us a brief explanation of what House of M is. I, from Okay, so from the top of my, my, my brain here, House of M is basically when Magneto creates an, like, a, like an island, right? And tries to take over the world, basically, with a bunch of mutants. Sure. I'll take your word for it. I don't know House of M. I don't know X-Men storylines that well. I, off the top of my head, that I, I'm tr- I feel like that's it. Uh, there's definitely a lot more to it, but obviously. But, you know, they've got all the players now, so why not? Yeah. Um, I don't think they announced it at the panel, but Scott Derrickson has said in the past that the villain for this movie will be Nightmare, which, ooh, that just sounds great for a Doctor Strange slash horror movie. Uh, with it being Dude. multiverse, this is very easily where you bring in Fantastic Four or X-Men. Uh, maybe or they're from a different multiverse. and Oh, no! What if they bring in Fox's Quicksilver? Because it's a multiverse, right? Hmm. 
But then you'd have to bring she, in bring over everyone. No, no, no. They don't necessarily. There's you could get away with that, but just just because Scarlet Witch is there. Ooh. Do you, yeah. How like? Wait, 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 wait. So, um, ever since they bought Fox, Bob Iger has been very clear that they have they have every intention of bringing in, um, the Fantastic Four and X Men. However, he says they plan to keep Deadpool R and will still be under the Fox banner. What if they explain in this that Deadpool is around just in a different multiverse? Or we just don't talk to him. <laughs> and Deadpool, that's how they keep Deadpool R, but people know that he's in a different world. Yeah, I can see that. But just in general, and that's also just... where Tom Hardy's Venom lives. No, stop. They're what never going to cross over. Wolverine? What about Tom Harvey's, Hardy's Wolverine? No, no. <laughs> Probably Taron Egerton. I can dream, Harold. But in the Multiverse of Madness, I think of all the ones on this list, present the most interesting possibilities that we could get. Uh, I don't know about that one. Although, to be fair, there's another TV series that could provide quite a bit of interesting opportunities. And that's the Loki series coming spring 2021, which will follow um, Loki with the Tesseract in Endgame when he goes, when he steals it after they mess up the time heists. And he's going to mess up various things in history. This I could also be an interesting way to introduce some things. Oh, very much so. If Loki messes up the timeline of stuff. What does that mean? Yeah, or does he accidentally bring people into a universe? He he he, and it could easily almost tie into what if the into the what what if series. Yes, so the what if series will be an animated series launching summer twenty one twenty one, uh, based off the comic series of uh, basically, uh, different famous moments from um Marvel comics and saying. Well, what if this happened instead of this? So, like, what if instead of Peter Parker, Mary Jane got bit by the radioactive Mm. spider instead of Peter Parker? Or, like, the debut episode of this animated series is, instead of Steve Rogers, what if Peggy Carter was the one injected with the super soldier serum? So in that episode, we'll have Peggy as more or less Captain America and actually voiced by the same actress. Because as they made a point to point out, this what if series we'll have all the original characters come back to voice their respective characters. And it's... Which is cool. Almost all of them, which is great. And better yet, they're going to have the Watcher as the narrator. So the Watcher in Marvel Comics is basically this sentient guy who who doesn't really interfere with any of the actions. He just observes and is like a historical guy that documents everything that happens. He never interferes with anything. Basically picture the galactic version of Rod Serling from the Twilight Zone. Yeah. And yes, please. We actually got a brief glimpse of the Watcher in Guardians 2, maybe? They're all gathered around Stan Lee as he's telling them some stories. Yeah. So the one concern I had is I thought that they were going to make the Watcher some kind of Stan Lee impersonator because of that little scene. Um, I really hope that that's not what they go with. No, they've yeah. already cast the Watcher. It's uh, Jeffrey Wright from Westworld. 
Oh, okay, okay. But I this is one of the shows that I think could have the most fun because, again, it, since it's a what if, none of these actually happen. It's just a yeah. hypothetical world. And being animated, I think it opens itself up to more interesting storytelling that you probably couldn't get away with with live action. Yeah, no, I agree. Now, that's not the end of the series, though. We have a Hawkeye series, which um, there's a guy that Josh and I both follow, I'm sure, named Ryan Satin, who's a wrestling uh, commentator. He tweeted something about, oh, we're getting a Hawkeye series? Who's excited for that? And I went into the comments section, and this guy just got berated with, we want that, we want that, we want that. And I was tempted to be like, a lot of people want that. And he quickly re- uh, sent out another tweet, apparently a lot of people want that. I personally do. I really wanted to see this Hawkeye series, especially since they announced that Kate Bishop, his daughter, uh, will also be in the series, and it'll basically be Clint Barton teaching his daughter how to be the next Hawkeye. This will be coming fall 2021. Or be the first Hawkeye. Yeah, because actually uh, they call him the Hawk at the beginning of Avengers, which is more or less just Joss Whedon having fun with the name. Uh, and then he calls her Hawkeye at the beginning of Endgame, which I totally was the one that pointed that out to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm aware. I'm, I'm with you. But it was, it, it's interesting that they've never called Jeremy's character the uh, Hawkeye. So it, it would be interesting just to see us see basically Jeremy building Hawkeye in front of us. And honestly, I could see the pro- the traditional purple costume more on you know a female rather than him. Yeah, as long as we get the purple costume on somebody i don't care who it is yeah fair enough maybe the mask. Um, are you sure about that because we're getting a female thor and i know you're just so happy about this i was doing well i was i was happy for a while there then you had to then like thunder in the sky you had to come rumbling and crash my hopes and dreams what josh is referring I, to is thor I'm, love and thunder or Thor 4, if you really want to go that route, coming November 2021, uh, with Taika Waititi returning to direct. Now, this, as we said, got leaked before Comic-Con, but the full extent of the details did not. Um, Some of it is great. Others... (laughs) Trying to think if I've took my my brain medication so I don't explode. Uh... So I'm the good, sorry, dude. The good. I. What's sad is Valkyrie's gonna be in the movie. Yes, that's oh, that's the oh. So Taika Waititi is returning to direct, so I feel pretty confident saying Korg will be in this movie. Um, they have said that Thor four takes place before Guardians of the Galaxy three, which is interesting. I uh, will see the return of Thor naturally, Valkyrie, um, which they played this off like it was some big surprise, but they're like, Valkyrie will be the first uh, gay character in the MCU, to which all of us are just going, didn't they already say that in Ragnarok? Pretty sure they did. Because all the Valkyries were, which again, um, this is just a weird side tangent. Do we know Valkyrie's actual name? Because I was just kind of assumed that was her rank, because she's a member of the Valkyries. That's not no, yeah. We don't know her. We don't know her actual name because Thor was like, "You're a Valkyrie," and just and then they just like that. call her Valkyrie. But apparently, yeah. it's a name, just like Thor, and anybody can be Thor now because Jane Foster's Thor now. Natalie Portman, 
is going to be reprising her role as Jane Foster. Not only that, but she'll be playing the female version of Thor. Um, Mighty Thor, apparently. Oh, so, Josh. Um, please, please take this before I, before I explode. Oh, why? Is it, is it, is it breaking your heart, Anakin? Jane Foster is the worst character in the MCU so far. <laughs> Natalie Portman is a phenomenal actress. She's a great actress. Jane oh, Foster man. is easily the weakest link in any of the MCU movies thus far. And you passed over Valkyrie to make her Thor? Really? <laughs> I saw this on the notes. And I was just like, oh, Nathan's heart just broke into a thousand pieces. I was excited because she's not in Ragnarok. I don't know what character I hate more. And this is going to tick some people off. I don't know what character I hate more, Jane Foster or Pepper Potts, because both of them are utterly pointless. <laughs> but it's the same thing as Pepper I bring up Pepper Potts because it's the exact same thing of Pepper Potts. They, quote unquote, went on a break because Pepper uh, Gwyneth Paltrow didn't want to resign. Then she shows up in Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, Natalie Portman didn't want to do any more Thor movies, so she left. That wasn't even her in Endgame. She clearly wasn't interested in the franchise anymore. Then, uh, we'll make you Thor. All right, sure, I'll come back. Yeah. Like, oh, she's one of the main reasons why I don't like Thor The Dark World. The romance does not work. That movie as a whole does not work. They, Patty Jenkins supposedly had a really good movie before they let her go to do creative differences, which, yeah, that went over real well. It's not like Patty Jenkins went on to do anything else great in the superhero genre, <laughs> Wonder Woman. <laughs> but Natalie Portman, it make, um, makes me sound like I hate Natalie Portman. She's a great actress. I just have never, ever been a fan of the MCU version of Jane Foster. I don't know Jane Foster, the comic book character, because I don't know the character that much. But I just speak from what I've seen thus far in the MCU. She's not a very compelling character. And she's a character that never has seemed necessary. I think the reason why I like Ragnarok so much is because she wasn't in it. And Thor was allowed to do weird and extraterrestrial outer space adventure stuff. Fair. But do you think with Titi? Yes, involved. that's the silver lining for this. I think yes. I'm more at peace with this that it's Taika Waititi being direct, directing her for this than other directors because I trust Taika Waititi so much as a comedic force and as a director. This was just an announcement that came out of left field and at least while I was following along on Twitter when all these announcements were, cap were happening, it killed the momentum for me on the spot. Of great announcement after great announcement. Oh. Okay. And then great announcement, great announcement. It is the one in the all these great announcements. This was the one that was just like, oh, this is the route we're going with. Okay. I'm not opposed to a female Thor at all. In fact, just last week, I was championing it. If it was Valkyrie, because the character was done so much better and actually earned the title of basically the next Thor. She's in charge of New Asgard now. What in the MCU, honestly, in the MCU that we've established so far, 
what has Jane Foster done that makes her worthy? As a character, she's a nice character. I don't necessarily know if there's anything about her that makes her worthy on this, literally, by saying that she's female Thor. It means she is equally as good as Captain America. I don't see it. Yeah, no, I'm with you, bud. <sighs> but Can we move on to Black Widow now, please? Yes, at least we're getting Taskmaster, Taskmaster con- like confirmed. Yeah, so uh, May 1st, 2020, it's the only MC movie that's actively filming right now. So it's the next one that we're getting. Black Widow. I still think this movie's a couple years too late. We should have gotten this one before Captain Marvel because we already cared about Black Widow. And it's kind of weird that we're now kind of backtracking after she's already, spoiler alert, died. Um, yeah. But like you said, Taskmaster has been confirmed as the villain, which we've said before that was rumored, and it's a great villain for Black Widow because Taskmaster is someone that is not a superpowered individual. He just has a photographic memory and can remember everyone's moves and immediately can learn on the fly combat-wise. So basically, you can never do the same thing twice with Taskmaster. So you have to really think outside the box. Uh, We did get some casting news. So we've got uh, The Mummies, Rachel Weisz will be in the movie. Uh, Fighting with My Family's Florence Pugh, which is probably the casting I'm most excited about. And then the casting that the rest of the internet is most excited about, David Arbor as a character named Alexi. I'm so down with David Arbor. <laughs> I'm sure he's down with this movie too. He's just like, oh, thank God, people will forget about Hellboy now. Well, and it, he's got to do something with this body that he's he's been working so hard for. Yeah. Um, how far are you in Stranger Things right now? Because he's got a dad bod straight up. Oh, well, he's always had a dad bod, but he's he's worked his butt off just to get to that. Yeah. Because if you watch season one, he's much bigger. Oh, yeah. Um, David Harbour is just great. I'm I'm very much excited to see Black Widow. I'm probably more excited to see Taskmaster. They're being particularly mum about um, if Hawkeye is in the movie. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's not. I mean, I, I would... I'll I say he's give... not because... Um, they've said that this movie takes place between Civil War and Infinity War. So unless um, Natasha physically goes to visit Clint, he's still under house arrest between those two movies. No, that's true. So um, I don't see him. They've, they're like, uh, although they've said that they might do flashbacks to Budapest, so he might show up there. But if we're going by current timeline... He's still under house arrest. So if we do flashbacks, yeah. maybe we'll see Hawkeye. But they're being quiet about that. Yeah. I, I honestly Hawkeye is getting his own TV show. Like I I I think, yeah, it is so a couple years too late, but Black Widow needs her time in the limelight. Completely agree. Um now my real question is if this movie does well enough. I'm sure they'll think sequels, but how would they do sequels? I don't know. Further back in the timeline? I'm not sure. I don't don't know. Black Widow (laughs) right before Iron Man 2? Get out of here. You stop that. I think that'd be cool. No Iron Man, but what is she doing to get herself into the position that she's spying on Tony Stark, essentially? Fair enough. 
Now, that was the last, like, actual sit-down interview people. Everything else was kind of a flurry of, oh, gosh, um, we ran out of time. Here's news. Uh, as he's more or less hurrying up the stage, Kevin Feige announced that we will be getting Black Panther 2, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, uh, Captain Marvel 2. All those will eventually be coming. Uh, they will be Phase 5 stuff. And he said, Fantastic Four and X-Men both are in development. So, um, we'll wrap things up with a Phase 5 prediction. Um, but it's just nice to finally get some confirmation that Fantastic Four is in the works. Everything else, Black Panther 2, Guardians 3, Captain Marvel 2, that that's pretty safe assumption with Black Panther and Captain Marvel both reaching a billion dollars. It'd be more surprising if they didn't get sequels. But just hearing it officially from Feige's mouth that Fantastic Four is coming, and also that when we get X-Men, it'll be unlike anything we've seen before, which to me just means good. We're going to give them their actual costumes. Oh, we're actually going to make Cyclops the leader of the (laughs) X-Men. Yes. And Wolverine will be relegated to a cool side character. Yes. Because I love Wolverine, but that's essentially what he is in the comics, is a cool side character. Yes. Um, But any of... Don't you... Don't you dare. Four, what are you most excited for? Fantastic Four? Yeah, you Captain are Marvel skipping two, the thing that I was most excited I'm pissed. You're skipping something right no, now. No, no, no. Really I'm not. Obsessed. No, no. I'm going in order. I'm going in order of what was announced. Okay. That last five. announcement was literally as the show was ending. Okay. Five. I have not forgot about it because that's the okay. one that's blowing up the most. I was about to, I was about to come after you. <laughs> um, But... I could care less about a Captain Marvel movie. Amen. Um, Black Panther, sure. I'm, I'm down. Especially whatever. if we get Craven, which my theory is actually picking up a lot of traction. It is, and that'd be super cool. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, sure. Uh, James Gunn's having some fun with Guardians 3 on Twitter. Uh, people are just like, um, why didn't you say anything about Guardians 3? He's like, I'm busy working on Suicide Squad. Um, <laughs> which, as a DC fan, I'm just like, Good for you. Uh, and then somebody <laughs> asked him something else of just like, um, oh, just something about like, is Drax going to be in, uh, oh, is Thor going to be in it? And he's like, no, Thor's not going to be in Suicide Squad. <laughs> boy, James Gunn. But yeah, I, I think honestly. Our phase five stuff, but I'll, I'm most excited for Fantastic Four, obviously. Yeah, um, yeah obviously, same. I, mainly because I don't feel, I feel like they know that they can't screw it up. And it's Kevin Feige. I think that's the, besides X Men, that's the one that he's wanted for a while, besides Spider Man, but that's going to take a little bit longer to get him. Um, yes. So the news that I'm sure Josh is clearly chomping at the bit to talk about, as am I, is. As the show is coming to a close, Kevin Feige's like, we got one more surprise. Um, please welcome to the stage two-time Academy Award winner Mahershala Ali, who was already a friend to the MCU uh, as he was uh, Cottonmouth in, was it Luke Cage on Netflix? Which that just yeah, confirms like to that. me that Netflix doesn't count. But also he voiced the Prowler in Into the Spider-Verse. So he came out onto the stage. Oh, okay. uh, he came onto the stage. And uh, everyone's wearing a hat for Black Widow. And Mahershala Ali had his own hat. And Kevin Feige's like, oh, what what kind of hat you got? And he puts on the hat and it just says, Blade. Mahershala Ali is our new Blade. 
Oh, let's go. And I think the thing that was the, the only surprise of the show, honestly, but it was a good oh, surprise. Yeah. Um, from what I heard, he actually like really wanted Blade to happen and pitched the whole idea to Feige. Yeah, supposedly after he won his second Academy Award for um, Green Book, his first one was Moonlight. Uh, after he won his second Academy Award, he called Kevin Feige and was just like, I want to be Blade. And Kevin Feige's like, when Mahershal Ali calls you, you answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm so stoked. And I think the more th- what I'm more stoked about is how involved Blade could potentially be with the actual whole MCU. Yes. Um, something somebody brought up, not a huge concern, but it is something to, worth noting. Um, by the time, if it does come out in 2022, which it seems like it might, Marshall Ali will be 48, which is kind of a little older to be starting your superhero phase, but I don't think that'll be a big detail in the long term. Um, I hadn't Especially even thought Blade. about this, primarily just because, legally speaking, I didn't know who Blade belonged to, in all honesty, because I thought he was one of those weird characters like uh, Namor that like belonged to a couple different people. But as soon yeah. as they said Blade, and I saw Marshall Ali, I was like, Yes, just yes. Absolutely. So for those unfamiliar, Blade is a half-human, half-vampire, vampire hunter, essentially. So he's part human, part vampire, but he hunts vampires. It's... It's going to be interesting to see, because we're out of that 90s cringe vampire phase of movies. like if the Punisher only hunted vampires. Yes. I'm very curious about where, what direction we're going to go with this. Because the really the only vampire hunting movie that we've had recently was, I want to say, Abraham Lincoln. Yes. Um, and it's a shame they're not connected. But a crossover that could have been great is Blade oh, meets Morbius. Oh, yes. But too bad it's not, they're not connected. Because no, we're getting the Morbius movie next year, but those are separate universes. Yeah, the, but I, it, it would be. Also, I'd so love to see Marjali kill Jared Leto as Morbius. <laughs> I think also just the idea that Blade could actually fight side by side by Doctor Strange. Oh, if if one of the universes that Doctor Strange goes to in Multiverse of Madness is hell and has to, like, fight undead creatures and that's kind of our back door? Yes, please. Oh, dude, that would be awesome. <gasps> you know who they could introduce in Multiverse of Madness? I hadn't even thought about this until now. This is going to make some Spider-Man fans shudder because they don't want to think about it, but Mephisto. Who? So, Mephisto is more or less the devil, essentially. Um, I don't think they'll go this route, but in the comics, Spider-Man, um, Aunt May was dying, and so Spider-Man made a deal with Mephisto that he could no longer be married to Mary Jane and have his kids, like his timeline would get reset if that meant Aunt May survived. Um, it was a stupid decision, 
It was one of the most hated Spider-Man storylines of all time, but Mephisto is still a pretty well-known character in Marvel Comics and a very powerful character at that. So, I I want more out-there characters like Mephisto, uh, like Nightmare, any, basically, villain from Blade, now that we're getting Blade. Yeah. Just, the, 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 poss- the possibilities are endless. Just the fact that we're getting Blade. I didn't guess that that was going to happen. I like, I, like I think my, my go-to saying lately has been it's 2019, man. We got, uh, you know, fishbowl Mysterio. Anything is possible. Except the Nightwing movie. Uh, I wouldn't count that out just yet. So that's about it for, um, anything official stuff that was announced. Um, so, there's a lot of stuff that wasn't officially announced, like an Avengers 5, or what they're doing with Fantastic Four, what they're doing with X-Men. So, my theory with this is D23 is later this year in August, and that's like Disney's Comic-Con, except it's just Disney properties, like Disney, Marvel, Star Wars. It's probably where we'll get our next Star Wars trailer. I would not be surprised at all if we get movies for 2022 or phase five movies announced um, at D23 because Disney's trying to make D23 a bigger and bigger event every time. So I would not be surprised at all if we get even more Marvel news come D23. It It would be definitely be interesting because 2021 is not that far away. This is a very short phase. Granted, we have a lot of stuff in it, but it's a very short phase. And I bet we have a lot of stuff coming in 2022 and beyond. Oh, easily. I think this is just like the lull kind of thing. It, they're not going to build the off of this. It's of the team. Yeah, they're, they're, it's just going to... They got to basically start all over. The way I would equate it is you have um, your high school basketball team and three out of the five starters are seniors, and the rest of your bench are freshmen and sophomores. You're going to have to take some time to get them back to the level that they were at. You're not a bad team. You just you got to refresh your roster a little bit and reevaluate what you got. Exactly. But, oh, the future looks very, very bright for Marvel. It was a really good Comic-Con this year. I didn't know what they were going to announce. Not just for Marvel. It was just a good year for announcements in general. Um, I think Blade was one of the big takeaways. Marvel knocked out of the park. I didn't know what they were going to bring to the table. I just knew all eyes were on them. But they stepped up big. Uh, Of all the things that were announced at Comic-Con, what's your biggest takeaway from this year, Josh? I think... um... I want to say that uh, the Doctor Strange film, I think, is going to change the Marvel game a lot more than I think people are giving it credit for. Um, There seems to be, companies seem to be trying to focus more on actually good told stories rather than just, hey, you know what would be really fun to do? Um, But yeah, that's, uh, I think we're going to have a pretty good year of move, a couple of years of movies coming up. Oh, I completely agree. I'm very excited to see where we go. And clearly, 
as we know, as some smart aleck journalist will write with every superhero movie, we have so much comic fatigue. Nice to see that that's not the case, and we're not going to be short on superhero films anytime soon, or just good movies to experience. Well, what would you guys make of all this big Comic-Con announcement this year? What were some of the big highlights, lowlights? Uh, let us know in the comments below. We always like hearing from you guys. And as always, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you listen to us on, whether that's uh, Google Podcast, iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube. Or if you haven't already, subscribe to us on the main YouTube channel at Uncharted Media. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.